Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Highly Suspicious Podcast with Louie and Preston. My name is Louie. My name is Preston. We are reporting once again live from the Trap House. Before we get into the show, before we introduce our guest today, I want to issue a formal apology for something that I said last week. Uh, I called the episode Stand on Business. I ended up not staying on business with this person I was talking to. So the whole we made had a couple podcast appearances talking about like business and leadership and stuff. And I just kind of mentioned it as an example of what I was talking about. And in the context, it made it sound like a shot. And I did the number one thing I shouldn't do, which is listen to Preston when it comes to this stuff, who at the time was like, don't edit it, dude. It It's just a shout out. It's just a shout out. Sorry. It's fine. We, we cleaned it up off the show. Heard. But on the show, too, on the record, it was my bad. I wasn't speaking like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have two guests from the newly formed band Slang Words on the show today. You all want to introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? I'm Thomas Coombs, uh, writer, co-producer, and guitarist for Slang Words. And I'm uh, Aaron Schecksnyder, more or less the same. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Sweet. Cool, cool, cool. So, do either of you all do the vocals on the album? We both. On the EP? Yeah, we both do. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. You all didn't say vocalists. So. Oh, yeah. No, oh, we, yeah. We, we, <laughs> share, we share that role. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, does Zach do vocals too? He was saying they... I thought I heard them on there. We did a group vocal on, uh, was it Etymology of a Slang Word? Um, I think that's probably the only place you would hear anybody but Aaron or I heard as far as vocals, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Alright, so if you all want to hear us talk about the EP, you are going to have to listen to later in the episode, because we are going to bury the lead like a motherfucker. If y'all are here to hear slang words, you're going to have to listen to the entire show. Y'all like how I do that? because <laughs> then they'll listen to the first five minutes and then we when we start talking about bullshit they're like boring close <laughs> yeah uh, it's your show man we'll do what you want <laughs> <laughs> don't say it like that it makes it sound like you're being held captive <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want man just don't I mean, hurt me you have this pie yeah, yeah. chairs right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah y'all can't see it. we're handcuffed to these chairs with steel chairs right now so, here's where I want to start with this episode. So, did either any of you all have problems with your service earlier this week with the AT&T shit that was going on? No. Did you all hear about that no, at all? I no, I didn't. I didn't have any issues, but apparently like half a little bit. Do you have, have AT&T? Service. Do either of you all have AT&T? No. Well, apparently, so earlier this week, everyone was fucking talking about it in town everyone had like the SOS thing on their data where they just weren't even getting reception at all anywhere. So that's just insane. But the reason why was because of solar flares that were going on. Mm -hmm. So so I just want to open the show with, is that terrifying to anyone else that the shit that we base our entire lives on can just be taken away at a moment for some shit that we just can't even control in space. Yeah, I've always thought about that. Uh, Have you? <laughs> it makes it really be a little, yeah. I just go back to the Stone Age. Very yeah. fast, yeah. Because yeah. of a cosmic force. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fucking insane. Like, can you imagine being without, like, 
any sort of any, communication at all. Any electricity, dude. It takes down the grid. There's a big enough one. Right. That's true. Yeah, I was gonna say like the phone service going down for a bit. It's like we can all handle that, right? Like, yeah. You know, a people bit. people live a forever. Bit. Yeah, I mean, people might wig out by not watch be able to watch like six hours of YouTube or whatever. But, yeah. But like, if the whole electrical grid went down, we would be. Yeah, it's bad. Also, can we curse on this? Again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, it'd be fucking if, yeah. yeah. It'd be really fucking bad. Yeah. If if electricity went away, how quick do you all think we'd evolve into like you know? Oh, there'd be some tribalism and fucking you know. But after me that, versus you no, and no, 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 eating no. each other and you just gotta be useful, all right? Mm. Like, what's your job? post-apocalyptic like what service can yeah. you provide that the we're fucking like warlords would we're musicians like, yeah exactly gonna do? Yeah. no music perform because yeah, no, youtube music society is, craves entertainment get some animal skins over over some uh, some drones over yeah. some trash cans yeah. absolutely yeah. actually i would argue that y'all would be the most important because without spotify everyone is going to be clamoring for what Ever form of you know acoustic music that they can mm. possibly find. Should start learning some Ed Sheeran covers for when the post apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For real though. Wait, <laughs> no. what are you doing? Post apocalyptic. I don't know. I guess because I'm big, I would survive. You're just a gladiator. You're just like yeah. I would. Yeah, you'd be fighting for entertainment. You'd be like a guard. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I would be. You know, the the smart people would be behind me, and I'd be like, y'all aren't getting to them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a. I'd be a total groupie. I would be leeching off of whoever seizes power at the time. Mm-hmm. Real. Yeah. But without service, is just like that could happen permanently. Like if. If the satellites just got fucked up, if the satellites just got fried because they're right out in space, you know, part yeah. of the atmosphere that's just not protected by us at all. I think as a species, I read recently that like human development, like brain development, basically has been where it's at. We were just talking about this the other the other day. Mm. Brain development has pretty much like ceased since like three thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we even more. Than yeah, that. modern humans. Yeah, so yeah. we're maxed out. Uh, essentially, we're only like technologically evolving. So if the whole grid just yeah, then fried, then we're back to where we back, were. Back to where we were, you know, like societally, <laughs> we so, devolved so back to that pretty much. Do y'all think brains stop developing because of society and agriculture? Yeah, for sure. Easy we we all source. just got complacent because we all just became like bankers and stuff. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of comfort and. We just kind of depend on society. Yeah. It's kind of weird. There's no need to adapt to any, like, real life, yeah. like, real New situation issue shit. When you can just be like, I'll just build a tool yeah. that will circumvent this issue. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a lot more, Instead like, having to evolve. kind of ethereal, like, abstract thinking. Like, you know, people are creating stuff with software and just, like, business systems and boring shit like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Stuff that objectively does not matter. If if you do that sort of thing, that's a cool. Major, that's funny. Yeah. You know, the if, software thing was not bullshit. I, I meant the business, whatever. But, I was making a dumb joke. Yeah. But like, what you're actually doing is nothing. What you're actually doing is optimizing some numbers something on a screen that optimizes something else, and that it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Well, back to the original question of like, if it all fell down, like, 
the, that's those skill sets are like completely useless, right? I mean, completely useless. Just absolutely moot. Like nothing. Yeah, if you're a programmer, when all the shit goes down, it's like you're dead first day, man. I'm sorry. There's <laughs> zero there's, skills outside. There's of that nothing world. you can contribute to a world without computers. I do have a buddy that also like lifts a lot as a programmer, so he could like be in the class with you where you're like the guard or something, or like there you, you know. go. Because because <laughs> so. the scrawny stereotype. Typical uh, nerd class of yeah. programmer. Yeah. They're screwed. Yeah. They're screwed. <laughs> so they're going to have to adapt in one way or another. Dude, what would your uh, apocalypse weapon be? Like, what would your weapon of choice be? Crossbow. Longsword. <laughs> no, I'm full <laughs> shit. I don't know. That's a good question. Choices. They're not bad choices. Uh, yeah, crossbow would be good. Probably, probably like solid. something like that. Probably some like sword or a knife or something that you can, you can reuse... Because mm. that's the thing that you learn from Walking Dead and stuff like that is mm. bolts run out. Mm. Yeah. You can't just, like, go around creating new bolts. It's not a thing. Yeah. Or reusing bolts. Right, yeah. What's that uh, tool the Grim Reaper walks around with? That, like, long... The scythe. scythe. Yeah, yeah that's that would be mine. <laughs> Strike fear into everybody else. Like, dude, yeah. there's a guy with a scythe. <laughs> <laughs> they would remember you, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, go full Negan on them, dude. Just get this, like, iconic weapon... And just be, we all know who Negan is, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, for those for those who don't, don't for some random reason, it's the wa- Walking Dead. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, one of the antagonists, really, really good antagonists, because you just hate his guts. Anyway, yeah. I could walk around with a scythe and just be that evil motherfucker <laughs> that everyone's afraid of. Yeah, just get something weird. Just something just wild. mess people out with the screwdriver. People are like, that's not even practical, <laughs> but I remember who you're that doing is. it and it's working. <laughs> screwdriver guy. I like it. I don't want to be the. Five billionth person using a knife, cause that's just yeah. white noise at that point. Yeah, screwdriver guy has a nice ring to it. <laughs> screwdriver guy. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's got something else on the docket. Not really. Nah. Uh, you all care about the Joker movie at all? Oh lord. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, just came out. Yeah, the, the recent good. one. Yeah. The, the, Did that, that just come out? Uh, a couple, was, couple years ago, right? Several years Oh, ago. I mean, there's the second one coming out. Yeah, that's... Are they doing a sequel? Yeah. For sure. Oh, nice. Uh, with Joaquin? Uh, yeah. They would have to, right? Uh, Couldn't doubt. Is Lady Gaga... It's a pretty... Uh, change the characters. Harlequin? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so here's kind of what I wanted to talk about. So, the original Joker film was made with a very stripped-back budget. I think it was like $40 million in total to make the movie. The budget for Joker 2 is going to be $200 million. And Joaquin Phoenix is getting a crazy bag. Uh, Lady Gaga is getting a crazy bag. She's going to be Harley Quinn in it. That sounds like I'm joking if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But it's true. It's a thing. It's also going to be a musical, which I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, he has like psychotic breaks that are little cutscenes throughout the first movie so it could really just be like mm. they got Lady Gaga in it and they're just gonna have her having psychotic breaks where she's like singing I'm dancing in the rain while she's fucking killing people or some shit mm. yeah or something. Yeah, that's a good uh does that change in budget concern you all at all when oh it's gonna be flashy as fuck cause like uh, to, uh, to get Lady Gaga yeah right and, and alone secure walking back alone again. yeah yeah, yeah. But a a good comparison, I think, is, like, 
between Deadpool 1 and Deadpool 2. Mm -hmm. If you all have seen those movies. Mm -hmm. The first Deadpool movie is very much like... It's hilarious, but part of its charm is that it's low budget. And all of it's clearly, you know, made with love. And in the second Deadpool movie, you know, since the first one was huge, they just gave them fucking billion dollars. I don't know how much their budget actually was, but they just had all the... CGI effects and they're bringing in other characters and I liked the second one but it just didn't hit the same for me so I don't know what do you think you're asking about the budget and yeah like, like the I overall... don't know if I have concerns I do think it's realistic to say that they got Lady Gaga and like that alone is to gonna be yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, the higher the budget the more excited I guess I am <laughs> it could I, be I good that director but. I saw, I remember like when that movie came out, there was some stuff with him, like just some behind the scenes stuff and like how he was working with Joaquin. I remember thinking like, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So I feel like if it's the same director, which I'm sure it is. Well, and working with an actor like that too, where it's like Mm -hmm. you're getting what you need out of them for the role. That alone is like what drives that movie really is between Phoenix, like performance. Yeah. I think, I think it makes sense to look at from the perspective of oh, they're getting more money now, so it should be a better movie. But I think a lot of the time it's like... a prime example of when that's not the case, when it becomes worse because they're like blowing the bank on like a CGI budget that's not needed or some shit. That's what I was trying to think about. Is like there has to be three million examples of that. I just can't think about the top of my head of when that's happened. Avatar. Yeah. Avatar 2. That's not... I wouldn't see it. Both of them are just huge CGI. Yeah, but the first and one was it's like, longer. People loved it, you know, right? Yeah, like are we talking bad movies that use a lot of CGI? He, he, he. I guess you're you're asking it, like when I when think, the second movie that had more money, yeah, like, over the it sucked, like kind of thing. <laughs> I think Avatar two is a good example of that. No, for sure. Of first Avatar movie was such a success that they're like, okay, here's a billion dollars, make everything CGI, yeah, and <laughs> and throw away any idea of what a story should be. For you know, beginning, yeah. middle, end, because that movie was just wild. it was just yeah. so fucking wild. It was entertaining enough, but mostly I think in like the visual stuff that they did. I think another good example that isn't movie based is like the sophomore slump as far as albums go, because like a lot of times you know the debut is the grassroots. You know, we recorded this in my mom's basement, and it just ended up being fire that everyone liked. And then that second album is when it's like, okay, I'm signed to Atlantic, I'm signed to Def Jam, I'm get, I have a budget now, yeah. so I'm getting all of these washed-up producers, and I'm getting all of these other artists to work with me and stuff like that, and it ends up losing part of the charm that I think there originally was there. The mm. rustic feel. Yeah, the yeah. authenticity of, I mean... You can hear the struggle... And then, and then it's like, I'm being bankrolled now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you watch the first Joker, it's like, it doesn't look like a huge budget movie. Like, there's not... Yeah, it's great. Like, it's not like a superhero movie. It's, you know, a bunch of scenes of the Joker depressed and fucked up and having hallucinations and stuff yeah. like that. Shitty apartment. Not, yeah. Dirty ass subways. Mm-hmm. Some stairs. And in, like, one studio. Yeah. You know? 
that they could have totally could have been like, okay, let's go to the actual subway in New York and film it on there. Yeah, totally. I think that's part of the the appeal to it, though. It's just, yeah. You know, you don't have to make the Joker a spectacle because he's really not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, well, yeah, the, the more down to earth, I think that was. I think it was mostly what connected with people, other than Joaquin Phoenix just being a fucking genius at acting. Uh, was just that it was like realistic, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like, yeah, this seems like someone who's breaking down in the modern world, and mm-hmm. maybe he's mirroring a lot of other people's like uh, experience, and especially in like rough parts of big cities. Like, I guess it was like. I can't remember if it's it's supposed to be set in Gotham, right? Gotham's okay. yeah, which is inspired which is New by York, like right. It's inspired by Baltimore and like Golden Age Chicago. Really? It's okay, I didn't know that. So, I always just assumed it was New York. It's like, and it's weird. I'm gonna show how much of a fucking nerd I am, but <laughs> like on the map for the DC universe, it's like so Metropolis and Gotham are like right across a river from each other, and they're in like fucking Delaware. Like it's like. Hmm. So, like, Philly's down here, New York's up here, and they're, like, right in between. Okay. So, it makes sense, like, geographically as real cities. Do you think Batman's going to be in it? I mean, how long can we pull that back? I mean... Long enough. With Holly Quinn, though. I don't know. Like, I'm just saying, it's, if they're going to keep that storyline going... Like, I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't. I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious as to how they're going to get away with, like... Because now, because of course, by the end of the first one, he's like, he's public. Yeah. He's like sure. a public figure. Yeah. There's people like starting to like l- look at him as an icon yeah. and stuff. Well, and as a character, Joker's really interesting because he doesn't have a secret identity. He is the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not like Lex Luthor where he's like pretending, oh, I'm this yeah, businessman. Yeah, else by day, yeah. And then I'm secretly working with all the villains. It's, I am the bad guy. Look at me. He's like trying to take the spotlight. Well, like here's, here's my guess. I bet they're going to feature Batman in, like, the last one or two scenes. And then, I know they're working on yeah, the just second, for some hype. the Batman. Well, Who's, so, those aren't in the same universe. There's a lot of people that but, think that they, they should are. be. They should be. They're both equally great. Dude, can you imagine Rob Pattinson and Joaquin Phoenix doing that, dude? Because I really, I really like that movie. Awesome. I did, too. I just rewatched it, actually. No, that's it's really, really good. good. That was really great. Good. And they have the same aesthetics, too. They no, exactly. Glimmer, Real world, dirty. gritty. Yeah, but yeah. from what I've heard, they're not set in the same universe. So it's like, okay. what Batman? Are they going to introduce a new Batman? And it's like... They're just telling I think us they that. Should they're just, I think they should just... They could. They could. It wouldn't be a I just don't touch it, right? It's just I, too messy. I, <laughs> no Batman. I don't think that they will bring a Batman in. I don't think that they should bring a new Batman in. But I do think... I was just talking about this the other day with my cousin. But just those two worlds of, like, the Joker and the Batman. That just goes like this to me, like... I think I think both of those are like gritty, mm-hmm. realistic adaptations mm-hmm. on yeah. the original. Like yeah, because like Joker's so mentally ill, and then in the Batman, it's like the Riddler is a straight up domestic terrorist. Yeah. Like yeah. real world examples of a villain. There's you know there's the eternal question of like how do you reboot something good? Like how do you remake yeah. something? in a way that stays true to the source material in some way, but also changes it enough where it's its own movie and it's not just the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, The Dark Knight is, like, a perfect movie. Like, the like the Heath Ledger one. Yeah. It, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know it's good because I watched it with my girlfriend and she loved it. And she likes no superhero movies. 
So I think I think that just like the accessibility of that one, how many twists and turns you got in there, like it's just a very well done thing. I think that this is a way to remake it of being like it's a different interpretation. It's completely Honestly, different. When it came out, like I wasn't so sure before I watched it, but I just had to give huge props to King Phoenix for even touching the role after Heath Ledger. For sure. Because yeah. that's one yeah. of those performances where it's like so acclaimed mm-hmm. yeah. and it drove How do you him follow in, that up? it drove him insane. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. How the yeah. fuck do you follow that up? I mean, it, I think it's also one of those like diagrams of, you know, it's been enough time that people are more accepting to the idea of like a reiteration. I, I, it probably also helped that we had some terrible jokers in between yeah, that time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. Because Jared 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 yeah. I actually, I, I like the guy. He seems like a cool guy, but he does keep... He like, has good other roles, but yeah, it's, you know... He made some music in 30 Seconds yeah. to Mars, but yeah, like he seems like a cool dude, but he does keep... <laughs> he seems like he whiffs on his acting... <laughs> Like, more often than not. Maybe yeah. it's the project, but... I think yeah, he just I says think, yes to a lot of things. Like, I, I think, think he wants to be in something really good. And, like, sure, he's dedicating himself, but that version of the Joker was just so not it. Yeah, yeah I think not movie a just wasn't his, I, yeah. I do almost feel bad for him because it's like, if someone comes to one of you guys and they're like, you want to be in this Suicide Squad movie in the DC and universe? And be the bad guy. Oh, like, yeah. bad guys. It's like the DC's version of Avengers. It's like, fuck yeah, I want to be in that movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He didn't know that it was going to be fucking dog shit. Right. You know, it's That's not people. Uh, fuck, I said Heath Ledger. That's horrible. Jared Leto. Uh, fuck, I should cut that out. I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Leto, it wasn't his fault for ruining the movie. Like, if you walked away from that movie and said, if he wasn't in that, then that would have been a great movie. Mm. He didn't even really do anything in that movie. He was very peripheral to everything. That For was sure. Going. He's not, like, a main character. And he's not, like, the main antagonist either. Did y'all ever watch the other Suicide Squad movie, the newer one? Yeah. I heard it was no. good, but I haven't seen it, though. It's that, decent. That, that first one ruined any sort of movie yeah. like that for Sometimes yeah. you just gotta watch stuff and be like, I'm here for some explosions and some action scenes yeah. and what even is a plot? Yeah. <laughs> I, I told that was Transformers that. as a prime example of yeah. I just want to see some fucking explosions. Man. Man. Come watch the Fast and Furious. Exactly. And exactly. I turned it off midway. Like, you know. Even with that mindset going on I was like I can't. Also when they get longer <laughs> over time it's yeah. like yeah. chill out it's some cars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I respect that uh that perspective for me, like if I if I want to watch something like that, that's just that overblown. I will just go to the Marvel movies because honestly, yeah. like when you're talking, they about, do it better. They do it yeah. better. They do it yeah. better. And again, the story's not really there. But um, they but have like, the biggest CGI budget, yeah, dude. And I mean, Rob Downey Jr.'s Iron yeah. Man's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like so cool. I mean, like like uh, Endgame was cool. Endgame yeah. was really cool movie. Infinity yeah. War, like cool movie. Um, They're doing a great job with uh, the new Spider Man. Uh, yeah, runs uh, no way oh, yeah. home. Yes. Yeah. Speaking yes. of yeah. like rebooting, you know that's really a contentious role to yeah. to who's, take who's on. The, who's the best Spider-Man? You know, I'm sticking with Toby. Yeah, he does. Those, those movies well. were the best. That's well, the it's thing. like it goes back to the actor and the project. Like, yeah, because I like Andrew Garfield a lot, like aesthetically and his mannerisms as Spider-Man. But those movies were bad. he's a good Spider-Man. Yeah, but yeah. the movies were like not really. Yeah. Yeah. And the budget. We yeah. did 
uh, episode where we talked about uh, No Way Home when it came out. And it's funny, it was right after the episode we had Zach on the show. But that was one of the things where that we talked about where there was just this funny revisionist history where everyone was like, oh, I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I just, I wish that he was still Spider-Man. And it's like, no one thought that. No one wanted him to keep being amazing Spider-Man. Those movies were not good. They were. They were. Uh, But from the perspective of me being like 10 years old when they came out, and it was like, yeah, I just want to see good guy fight bad guy. And have yeah. a good time. Another example of movies like that are like the Mission Impossible movies. Have you seen any of those? Yeah. Bits and pieces, yeah. Decent action. Yeah. You got some TNA action in there. Uh, but it's really not anything that just makes you mad where it's like, they're trying to explain all this plot. They're trying to do too much. They know what the fuck they're good at. They know why people want to be I've always been a fan of a Tom Cruise. Uh, on, on the screen, at mm. least. Uh, he's a dedicated actor. Not as a Scientologist. Yeah. Let's go to screen, he's, like, he's very, just, he kind of knows what he wants, and he knows how to get yeah. done. Uh, he does all his own stunts, which, which is, is cool. insane. He's, Nobody he's a dedicated movie-making guy. Like, yeah. He, he like, he's is a pro He wants sure. the scene to be perfect. Yeah. Every time. That's why he does his own and stunts. All he's like, films, I only trust myself I'm doing this, to yeah. do this right. His films are sweet. They're so cool. Like, the new Top Gun was like, this is sweet. That, that was good. Possible. Pretty cool. <laughs> Did he ever see that? What, the Top Gun? Yeah. Nah. It's worth it. It's it's. I liked it cool. better than the original. Oh, Sorry. really? Yeah, I've only seen the OG. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't watch the new one. You would probably like the new one just because it's a lot of callbacks and stuff to the original one, but it's also its own thing. It's more action-packed, cool. I think. Yeah, for and sure. it's less, like, drama uh, like in a relationship drama, it's just like planes. Yeah, like when planes. When when I'm watching a relationship <laughs> drama in a plane action movie, it's like, oh my god, please get to the point. Yeah, Can yeah. someone die already? Please, <laughs> God. I want to see some plane. <laughs> so we both listened to the EP. I listened to it twice. I listened to it. Like a week ago when I heard that y'all were going to be on the show and I listened to it earlier today just to prepare. What were y'all trying to do with the EP? Like what's the point of releasing just like a five song thing to just like get into prime people's ears to what y'all were doing or? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess the story is like me and Thomas just wanted to make music together and uh, we had a studio um, we, we lived together for a short while, I guess a, a long while. About two, two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. Pretty long while. Yeah, and I guess it was just kind of, what can we do more than what do we want to show people? Cool, uh, fun. So, yeah, yeah. This, this was kind of the result. I guess it was a little more self-serving than it was like, let's put something on a dish and hand it to people type of thing. That's what our platform is, is fucking, we want to be able to hang out and be productive at the same time and so why not <laughs> format it and market it because yeah. this started in covid where it was just like this is the only motherfucker i saw <laughs> i just needed somebody yeah. to chill with and we had some deep ass conversations smoking a jeep in his fucking car mm-hmm. fucking listening to great music and just at one point we were like i think we got something to say i think other people need to hear it cool i think that's the correct answer 
uh, it was a trick question you all passed. Uh, it, it should be for you guys and not for <laughs> yeah. what the audience Who's, Who gives a fuck thinks. what anybody else thinks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's been... It, it makes you feel good if it feels worthwhile. Yeah. Therefore, yeah, we, we had a lot of... Uh, we, I don't know. I, I guess I'm speaking uh, for myself, but we had a lot of, like, struggle with it as to what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we come from different places. So a lot of the uh, struggle was just, like, coming from opposite ends of the spectrum and then kind of merging that. It was a lot of fun, but it was it was hard, too. Sometimes stuff that's challenging is fun. Like, yeah. the fun part is that it's a struggle, that yeah. you have mm-hmm. to think on it and put some work into it and make it cohesive and make it into something that you appreciate alone, you know? Yeah. Totally agree. There was a lot of... Especially on my end, I think I was doing a ton of overthinking, but there was a lot of conceptual headache over, like, what the hell well, that's are the... we doing? Because we, we knew for sure we had, like, great chemistry. Like, we knew that from for years. We've known each other for, I don't know, six mm-hmm. years at this point. Just getting together and jamming. And, like, mm-hmm. for me personally, I'd never felt like, uh, just like, man, we don't even have to look at each other. We kind of just, like, yeah. have an instinct together and can keep rolling and rolling for, I mean, we would jam for, like, an hour straight sometimes. So we finally decided to do something real with it, and we come to this thing of, like, kind of as he's saying, like, um, we both are very eclectic in our tastes, but as far as the things that really, really speak to us, genre-wise, pretty different, color-wise, mm-hmm. and so it was just like, dude, what the hell are we doing? Like, what does this sound like? What kind of instruments do we bring to the table? Yeah. Um, and I think Aaron, at one bit point, like, we were listening to, like, what, like, Parquet Chords and Band of Four, what's that band called? Gang of Four. Gang of Four. Yeah. And just kind of just kind of listen to some post punk stuff, and we finally mm-hmm. just looked and was like, dude, let's just do it this way. Like, let's just take the material we have and we'll kind of put it through this funnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what you hear on Slang Words. So, so all I'm gonna ask about your taste in a second, but I do want to kind of ask about like style wise. I thought that the vocals were really interesting. What you all did on there, I actually saved some songs off of the EP, which that's something hard for me to do. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell y'all I, that I enjoyed your all shit. If I was on some bullshit, I probably wouldn't say that it was bad. You know, if, <laughs> if I had you You'd all be tactful. Right? You would be yeah. Bad. I would be <laughs> like, yeah, you all made something. And, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I got, some talking heads influence a little bit vocally is that correct in thinking that or am i just listening to talking heads right now no yeah i'm i think we're both big fans of uh david byrne and uh that, cool. that whole band i know uh there's one song uh the stranger where that little monologue uh there's a talking head song off remain in light him talking about like shoes with no socks in cold weather. <laughs> he does like a little like monologue on that song, <laughs> and he's just kind of like talking. Well, and yeah, and, and so that's, that's eclectic. So he always talks about like, like, like the spoken spoken word type of song on there. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, I, I can't. Stranger. Yeah, oh, you're talking about the remaining light. Yeah, I can't think of the name either. But that's kind of where that came off in Stranger. Yeah, I would say his vocals definitely lend themselves more to that, which I loved. And, you know, Talking Heads is an all-timer, obviously, in that album in particular. Like, you know, any, I mean, we all know if we were into music, under you know, online and stuff, we know that that's a very, it's an album that we're, everyone's very happy with and inspired by. Um, but he's just got kind of that tenor, very, like, almost theatrical. Yes, and, for sure. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lightness to it, but there's also kind of an erraticness to it. Mm-hmm. Like there was some, yeah. there's some kind of like weird energy behind it. And I think it's definitely um, screwdriver guy. Yeah, screwdriver guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, strangers definitely like that energy is kind of captured there. I think for sure. So for whenever I listen to music, I need the instrumental to sound good. I need the vocals to sound good. I need something lyrics wise. Listen to a lot of like you know this type of music a lot of the time i find myself bored by the vocal styles that people pick people just mm-hmm. try to blend in and it's more about like the instrumentals mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the actual vocals so i that song that stuck out off of the first song that your all's vocal style was different and kind of like talking heads which is why i like them some that we've talked about on this podcast before has been how music Song length overall is getting shorter in the streaming era. People's attention spans are shorter. Mm-hmm. So we're getting, uh, you know, a lot more like two minute songs than we ever have before. And you all had like two pretty long songs yeah, like on six, here. You had one that was like seven minutes. Dedication. Uh, the fourth yeah, song uh, was six minutes, seven yeah. minutes also. So what inspired you all to go the distance in those songs. I think both those lengths surprised us. Um, we didn't feel like they were that long. No, and... Until we, we recorded them. When <laughs> we talk about it, it's usually, it's like, if you need the time to tell the story that you're telling or to squeeze all of, like, the skill and performance into the song, then you're using the time well. But if you're... You know, yeah. doing a five-minute song, and it could have been two or three minutes. Just jamming. Yeah. Just and your ego stroking a little bit because it's like <laughs> you did, you're just repeating yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you're not doing credit to to like your format, and you should have just made it like two and a half minute, three mm-hmm. minute song. Mm-hmm. And so, like with these songs, you're definitely like packing it with for sure performance different with, stuff you know yeah variety and you know some songs it's like the first half is like its own song and then it like connects into the second half and it's its own song but this is like cohesive which is harder to do honestly that has a lot to do well with nameless in particular which is the longest one is that the second song here i should pull yeah up the yeah, that, yeah i think that's yeah. the, that's yeah. the second yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. so that one was definitely an experiment in like just like taping stuff together because yeah. you could and if you you know pay attention to it it really could almost it's almost three different right yeah. kind of things like that middle passage uh-huh. isn't really but like I don't know man well like, and that's different too because a lot of the times it is just like two segments mm-hmm. so making it three there's sort of a you might not notice the first switch and then this part leads into the final third you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love doing visual the hand stuff visuals on the for a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that I mean that that one was an experiment in like what what like it's linear songwriting, yeah. right? Where it's not it's not like a lot of songs that go A B A B C. You right. know what I mean? Where it kind of all just loops together, which is great. Like there's a lot of you can get you can still be very creative in, in kind of that more standardized pop like uh, yeah. thing. But I'm just you know my favorite band. To go back to like my own um, influences of Swans, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Yeah, I've listened to you listen to Swans. Yeah, so their stuff is almost egregiously long form sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the longest song off their last album was like forty five minutes. It's not really a song. Yeah. it's like a soundtrack, right? That's insane. Man. It is insane. It's crazy. <laughs> but like, I don't know, man. Like, um, 
for me, that, that type of music where it is a little more like a soundtrack, like your mm-hmm. mind is just being filled with images and feeling like while you're listening to it, that has really nothing else has touched me in the way that that music has. And mm-hmm. so that has obviously influenced me a lot because um, Nameless and Anya were started with me. So those are the, the, mm-hmm. those are the two longer form songs. And that's why that they, that's mostly why that's the case. So you all are both writers. Do you all write a song together? Do you all come up with stuff on your own and then come together and kind of build off of each other in that way? How does multiple writers in a group work? Well, that was kind of the uh, the difficulty. <laughs> I with, bet. Yeah, with like how how are we gonna do this? I think it worked seamlessly. Like we both had like fifty fifty input on one song, which was Stranger. But the the rest was kind of like either one of us approaching each other, like, hey, I have this song. Let's mm-hmm. Let's kind of decorate it, and then uh, we'd kind of work parts out individually, but one would have most of the direction or the vocal melody, mm-hmm. uh, and it would, we, we'd so, kind of give like them, like, you know, the captain's wheel. Yeah. So one person takes the lead, okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. I would assume that would be the way to do it, but yeah. well, and I don't know. That's definitely a real part of the creative process, is knowing when to let somebody else take charge and For just sure. throw in what you can. Yeah. and support in a way that is conducive to, like, a finalized version. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, the best bands definitely function that way, where it's like, you may have, you know, this idea for a song, and I'm just going to fucking kill it on the fucking bass, because that's all you need from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. totally. I think that that 100%. is... It, it has to be the art first. I mean, not to sound, mm-hmm. kind of sound cliche or whatever, but... I think with music in particular, and probably most art forms that are collaborative, ego gets in the way of a lot, yeah. where you got one guy maybe writing primarily most of the songs or, or whatever, and they just want it to be their way all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to do everything yourself. You can't. I mean, unless you're just some freak genius, you can play like 12 instruments expertly, which yeah. people exist like that. Um, you you got to have collaborators and like, this project was born from just the faith in, in our uh, chemistry. And so it had to be from the beginning. We got to work together. We got to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. It has to, whatever makes the piece better matters more than any of our subjective feelings about something. For sure. And I learned a lot. Personally, I learned a lot about that because I really did want to be in the driver's seat for a lot of my stuff. Um, but, you know, Ryan, who's the, Ryan Taylor's our drummer, and Z, who isn't here, they added a lot to the record, and there was stuff where I was kind of fighting them. We're like, no, do it this way, do it this way, and I'm glad that uh, mm-hmm. they ended up winning, winning out on some of these decisions because they had the right instinct. And um, So yeah, I, I personally learned a lot of how to collaborate during this project. I'd imagine it's a vulnerable position to be in the driver's seat for a song, and because of that, you're the captain of the ship in a way, and it's like if this song gets fucked up, if it doesn't come out the way we want it to, uh, you know, it doesn't translate onto the track, then it's almost, you know, your fault because it's your shit at the end of the day. Yeah, it definitely yeah. feels very personal. Like, it mm. feels like, it feels like you're defending a child or something like that. Probably, obviously not. No, but it's your brainchild, you know. But it, it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. especially if you're going to the trouble to, like, actually, like, all right, we're doing this, we're putting this together, yeah. we're going to perform it, and you're recording it. it. Yeah. It's like, you really, you know, yeah. I spend a lot of time with songs. How long did you all spend with this EP when you were making it? Longer than we expected. <laughs> yeah, the the last year, I, I guess we finished tracking 
in like February of uh, 2023, so a year ago. But 2023 was, it, it, this should have really been released in like March of 2023 mm -hmm. or, or something like that. Uh, me and Thomas both went through like a ton of changes. Yeah. And I'm still kind of coming out of the smoke uh, with those changes. Just um, personal life stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, it happens. So the, when you all listen to this music, does it sound like some old shit to you guys? Does it sound like something from a past version? Like your style's yourself? changed in the last year? Stylistically, no. I still but did what we've done, but it is thoughts, like... at least, of what yeah. was going into this. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of like, my ears are tired out on it type of thing. <laughs> yeah. We've put a lot of attention into it over the past, like, two years. We've cut, like, three songs about out of the EP, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're working on those, too. Cool. And we just wanted, like, a solid body of material that yeah. we could kind of, like, get the thumbs up on. and. What makes you all want to cut a song when it's just, like, a lost cause type of thing? Or when it's not cohesive to the final result? Yeah, yeah. It, it honestly like, it's just an instinct thing, I guess. Yeah. Like it's if if there's a consistent enough feeling for enough of a period of time that we're just not feeling it. Like to to yeah. for lack of a better term. Um, like you keep coming back to it with this feeling yeah. of is I mean, this right? Should yeah. this stay? Yeah, I mean, we had one song in particular that I brought to the table that we were doing, and we were, like, rehearsing it a lot. Like, we, we played it live a few times that we ended up just completely dropping mm -hmm. because it, you know, in, in that instance, I think I was trying to do something that was better for a different context and a different set of instruments yeah, and stuff like that, and I wasn't actually able to communicate exactly my vision to the rest of the band, I think, was a lot of the problem. Like, I think Z in particular was just like, I just don't even, it's just kind of boring. It's because that's another thing. It's like you got to be able to communicate. What's yeah, in your accept head. different views on it. Oh, for sure. I I think that's probably the number one thing about being an artist. Whatever you do is getting it from inside of your brain onto the canvas, onto the track, onto a piece of paper. That there's so it's so much harder than it looks and it seems. Yeah. Well, um, and once it's done, you know, then it's like it's been made and you're just hearing the final or seeing the final result, and it can come across as, oh, there's just innate talent and instinct, and it's it's done, and it's great, versus seeing behind the scenes and seeing, you know, debate and mm -hmm. overthinking and totally. restructuring, you know. So Conflict. I'm really curious on, like, for the structure of the EP, was the first song the first song, you know, was, oh, like, how did the stream of consciousness go? The thing... Because if you're trying to tell a specific story, so it's like, yeah. maybe you start with one song, but maybe once you've recorded everything else, it doesn't fit as the beginning point, and you got to restructure. So, of, you know, what you've cut and what remains, how did that come together for this final you know, like, five song result. Right. The, uh, the format of the actual, like, track listing is funny because it's kind of like, my song, my, I have two songs that are kind of like, I mm -hmm. have the captain seat on, and they're the beginning and the end, and then Thomas kind of has the body of the work, and then right in the middle is something we both, like, I, yeah, didn't, even, I didn't even notice that until right now. That's yeah, so it's yeah. kind of like a sandwich effect of, like, I'm here, Thomas yeah. is like right in the middle, and then we both come right right in the heart of it. I think that definitely uh, shows the way you're, you're all like 
brains work together too though is it's totally that that was unintentional yeah. but it still worked yeah i noticed that um, like right when we put it out and i was like oh shit. that's funny <laughs> i think a lot of the actual order which by the way is very important to me I, I think album creation as far as like the artwork and the structure of it are almost just as important as for the sure actual content sequencing of it. yeah because for me like and i think most like big music people they'll listen to an album you know mm -hmm. like a lot of people yeah. like to put a, a dying art yeah we're a dying breed yeah yeah for, for sure i think a lot of that was informed by our rehearsals because when we first started which i guess was like summer of 22 or 23 i don't remember 21 Dude, no, no fucking way. I don't believe that. That was when we started rehearsing. Maybe it was like fall. It was like 22. Like winter. I thought it was like almost anyway. Whatever. When we started rehearsing... Time doesn't matter. We we were jumped... Yeah, what is time? We jumbled around a lot with like the structure of the set, right? Because we wanted to have a similar effect where it's like we don't want to just be playing song like do do do. Like we want there yeah. to be a cohesiveness if we can find it. We're also really interested in... Um, like we didn't, we did, we really didn't, or I in particular really didn't want to end like do a song and to be like thanks guys for coming, we appreciate mm -hmm. it, by the way, and then start a new song. Mm -hmm. We wanted the whole performance to be cohesive, yeah. And if we could to have um, kind of these inter intermediary like moments where we're still playing but we're transitioning into the new song, yeah. And so messing with that a lot, I think informed the the uh, what was ultimately the set list for the for the album. Cool, awesome. yeah. So, there was some great synth work on the EP. Who does the synths? In the That's all Aaron. Yeah. I appreciate it. Aren't synths just such a cheat code in music? Like, any time <laughs> that there's synths in music, I'm just, I'm a sucker for it. I don't know what it is, but... I've always loved, yeah, synths. Um, and sometimes it can be, like, too much. I don't like just synthesizers. Yeah, please. There's a lot of, like, electronic music that's just electronic music and it's cool yeah but it, it kind of I mean, wears me out yeah but when it's mixed in with like the band setting it's they really flourish absolutely because all the instrumental sounded great on this ep but i think the synths are just such a like cherry on top to 100 and, and take it to the next level because i understand i agree for the most part about what you're saying about i don't want to listen to just synths music i don't want that to be the only thing i'm listening to yeah it's a little harder to kind of like put something together from that perspective but like yeah I, i've said from the beginning i've told him like dude these songs are what 50 percent better because of these synth. i mean like because really at the end of the day when you when you strip all that all the because there's stuff in there that it's hard to hear unless you're really paying attention as far as like this stuff he's adding um if you strip that out from again, again my two songs which are really just like these post-punk rock band songs they just get I mean, there's just so much less body, there's less yeah. color, there's less yeah. dynamics, there's bare I mean, bones. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it could have worked, but it would have been nowhere near as as cool, as good. For sure. That was the problem going into it, too, is he had guitars, mm -hmm. like, he was, like, string guy, and I had, like, samplers and synths. Yeah, so, like, what, very what different want, styles. What do we want to do here? <laughs> and it's awesome to be able to, like, bring those two together, because people do it, it's just not... Not all the time. Yeah, yeah. not very common not always done very well. Yeah. And so, to, like, meet in the middle. This is something that I've asked another band that we had on here before. How does real-life chemistry make musical chemistry? Do you all see that as the same thing? Is that something that you all had to build over time as far as, like, knowing what you all were doing without looking, like you all said? I guess we're both, like... Like y'all live together? 
Yeah, we, we did. lived together at the time. So. how long till y'all started, like, having jam sessions? It was the first, like, before So, you. like, yeah, yeah we I met. Even better. We yeah. met, like, when I was in college. It was, I mean, that was, like, six or seven years. It was, like, six or seven years ago. Yeah. And we were buddies for a couple of years before we moved in together. Right, right. So, we had jam- We both music heads, whatever, talked about all the time. And we would get together and jam. And, like I said earlier, it's, like, I, I just noticed... Yeah, somebody's more, picking up on your really energy. quickly, right? Yeah, because a lot of times, like, um, to to your original question, it's like I, I think that you know the, the the chemistry that you feel with people just in general absolutely translates in that way. Um, Ryan Taylor, for example, is one of my childhood best friends. He's someone who I love deeply. He's a really good guy. We've always gotten along. It just so happens that when we're in the room together and he's playing drums, that we understand each other. Yeah, right. They're I picking up on those cues. Yep. Yeah. I, I think there's absolutely a link to that, and that's absolutely what you know. Aaron and I experience. I feel like, yeah, an unconscious. Yeah, it's know. kind of like a like an invisible agreement. Yeah. At the time, or just like, cool. Like, you know what we're doing. Your guitar needs this added to it, or yeah. you know, like I get that you're trying to create this vibe or sound. Yeah. And I'm going to add instinctively what I can to that same energy. Mm-hmm. And even when we want to pull a 180, yeah. it's like, okay, cool. I guess we're going that Just way Just follow now. suit. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a big, I'm glad you said that because that is a lot of trust for that, right? Yeah. Because that's, and that's kind of a different thing almost um, because we would do that sometimes playing live or, yeah. or especially when it was just he and I in the, in like the beginning stages when we were just I mean we were just making noise I mean there's, yeah, just jam. There, there's recordings of us just like literally making noise <laughs> uh, I mean it sounds cool yeah but like we had no idea what the hell no we were idea. going yeah. for um, and there would be moments where it's just like I, I don't get it but then I followed him and then right. we went somewhere and yeah so that's important too. pretty uh, improv is improvisational you know yeah. to just mm-hmm. say yes and to yeah. a sound is uh, most of your music writing that way to say let's start just jamming maybe somebody comes to the table with a you know concept and then just go from there build off of each other i would like for that to be the the uh, formula going forward so that's what kind of what, what we've been talking about because we've already talked about again how these songs are kind of like and it's been a while since you recorded the cp too so uh, i'm sure that there's yeah. uh you know it's been a lot some of changes of, yeah yeah um and yeah because there's there's what Aaron's songs and Tom's songs. They're songs that we yeah, all four absolutely. wrote together. That yeah. everybody wrote these songs together. But outside Stranger, the reason we put it on the EP actually wasn't originally going to be on the EP. That was not really a cool. thought in our heads until like semi recently. Um, the reason we put that on there is because it was so weird and strange and unique and cool sounding, but also it was just a really really pure creation from him and I mm-hmm. together a hundred percent we just had some it was like some like ice storm that like blew everybody like we didn't have to work like it was that bad we were just like yeah in the studio probably smoking pot whatever and we just had one of those nights where we stayed up all night and we just weirded out on this fucking thing together. yeah we made that song in six hours or seven hours yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah we just made it that day like we're the only two kind of performing on that thing mm-hmm. uh and we were just, we would listen to it every now and then and we'd just be like, This is it's so cool. This is sweet. <laughs> yeah. And we were the fidelity yeah, is a little different. Like we recorded it way more like simply because we were kind of like popping up a demo room. Mm-hmm. Um, but it stood it stood up with the rest of them and 
Adam McDaniel helped with his mixing. Uh, yeah. He's a... What's it, Drop of Sun Studios in Nashville. He helped us mix it, and I, it really helped. Because that was my worry, is that the recording you hear on the album is like the original quote-unquote demo recording yeah. of that song. Mm -hmm. We didn't. Yeah. We tried to re-record it, but... No, and if there's that in the moment, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just happening, yeah. there's this flow of consciousness creation happening, then you're not going to necessarily be able to recapture that we exact same version. Exactly. It's kind of like the sentimentality of yeah. the piece getting in the way of the, uh, of like the standardization yeah. of music making. Of a... a final perfect draft you know yeah. you just mm -hmm. went for it and made it work yeah which is awesome like people don't really I'm, I'm do that it's there <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. A, it's an yeah it adds a lot of character to the ep which i think it's cool to put something like that on such a short little track list because it 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 is like uh an interlude but i fucking love interludes and i mm -hmm. think that it does so much for just like the listening experience in general. Mm. Uh, my shit on this EP is the intro, Fish Guts. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's kind of what I thought it meant. And tell me if I'm wrong. So there's fish guts in the water. It's attracting like sharks. So it's going to get you fucked up. It's going to get you in danger. Am I... Warmer, colder, Marco Polo. Yeah, I guess you're getting, you're getting a little warmer. <laughs> uh, that song is kind of about just like being in one place. Like uh, I've been in Louisville my whole life, always wanted to leave. Uh, I've never really gotten to. So it's when I don't know. I feel like there's like the chum in the water. Yeah, it's the things that are kind of keeping me here. Like why leave when things are simple here? I know yeah. a whole bunch of people and like I can go and get a job a easily environment. Here. Yeah, it's yeah. very familiar, it's easy, I don't really have to work for it. Um, so I could just kind of keep keep swimming around the chum or yeah. I could venture off and try to like get a bite of, on my own, you know? Yeah. So Damn. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of... a whole new layer for me. <laughs> so you, you kind of had, I mean, you, you had the... Uh, in, a, in a different way, though. Um, I, I love, I love like the heavy metaphor in yeah. songwriting. So... The, the etymology of a slang word is probably my more literal piece I've ever written, I think. Uh, so, I thought that track was interesting, too. Uh, what do your all's band name mean? Like, slang words, what do slang words mean to you guys? What's the significance of that? Originally, we wanted slang. Yeah, we really wanted to be <laughs> called <laughs> slang. And Slanging. Just slang, baby. Slang. Slanging them. Uh, and we just, I don't know, man. We just kind of, because this is a thing with bands, bands yeah. that are in the business know this, where it's just like, a lot of the good band names are fucking For taken. sure. Like, they're sure. taken, and there's a, not only that, but they're taken by like a dozen different bands. Yeah. So, the rule nowadays, I've heard from other musicians is like well you know as long as you're the one that's the most popular yeah shows up on no, Spotify for sure my first for sure but like for us it's like it just kind of hurts to no. be mixed into that and to have to even have that problem to begin with i don't know i'm t maybe we're too much of purists or something so we we i mean from a business perspective it's like you're telling people hey we're slaying look us up 
Is it this slang? No. Is it this right. slang? Yeah, right. No. Yeah. That's a big gap. Exactly. Yeah, that was our especially, especially problem. Especially, that's yeah. a problem. It, it, it's <laughs> a serious problem, especially with the way that like the industry is set up now, yeah. which is so against musicians, by the way. Um, For sure. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, go look us up, slang. It's like 16 yeah. bands called slang. It's like, that's well, not very easy. One originality isn't, you know, a bad yeah. thing either to just say, well, it's not what we originally wanted, but at least it's unique. Yeah. Yeah, it's the only That's a winner right there alone. Yeah. It's the only one that uh you didn't get that huge like list of names yeah. when I research for it. But also <laughs> we I mean we are interested in like lingual metaphors and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean Aaron made a point at one at one time, um but slang words like kinda of, and that's kind of what that etymology of a slang word is about. Is about like kind of the language that you develop with people like loved ones, like yeah. your friends, your family and mm-hmm. like kind of that um, intercommunal like yeah conversations you have and the different words and phrases you use it's kind of what that is it's like so it's not as complex as inside jokes but more so uh, like only you know what I mean when That's I'm awesome. saying this yeah like everything yeah. through body language and humor and yeah. just playing music together uh, you can read me we yeah. all have our different like I guess like way of speaking so. yeah me and my cousin grew up together and he's like a brother to me and whenever we'd hang out, my parents would say that we were speaking our own language because they didn't understand a fucking thing that we were talking about. <laughs> but that's just, that's how you're connected to someone, right? Yeah. Is the specific way you speak to them. Like, I talk to Preston in a way I don't talk to, you know, just random people. I talk to, you know, my girlfriend or my mom different than I talk to. It's crazy. I've thought about that too, so I think that's really interesting mm-hmm. the way you put it. What's your all's favorite slang words then? <laughs> uh, Do y'all have any? That's funny. Uh, <laughs> that's, I, I don't think we meant it so literally, but... <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, you all just gave a, a great... <laughs> complex explanation for it. I'm like, but do you all like the word fucks? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't even think one off the top of my head. Um, let's look at the EP. I mean, like, Fish Guts has its meaning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Nameless, what's that about? Uh, that, honestly... That was Thomas's demo name. <laughs> yeah, that's such a, like... That's, yeah, that's a code as well. Yeah. <laughs> that song was so funny, dude, because... I mean, first off, I had very little faith in it, but we, we kept working on it because everyone else dug it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the beginning part, for me, like, is so pop-centric that it kind of just turned me off. Um, I don't know. I'd call it, we called it Nameless for a long time, but at, the more that we worked on it, the more that I kind of, like, honed in on the lyrics and stuff, the more I realized that, that, that it's actually an appropriate name. Yeah. Because Nameless means that it basically is just describing my feeling of being, like, without a strong sense of self and um, not Absolutely. really knowing truly, like, purely who I am. And that's, and you can hear that reflected in the lyrics a little bit where, where it's huh. kind of just like, I, w- I want to know who I am. And, like, basically, I can't remember exactly. Not for sure. Top of my head, but for sure. Still, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, like, there's a bunch of uh, songs called Untitled, which yeah. is kind of and that's even similar better. to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little, little better. <laughs> it ended up having an actual meaning. It's yeah. funny. Like it, at no, first it was just nameless, and I'm like, oh shit, that actually works. Yeah. I mean, again, that's just kind of how art works. Yeah, the creative like, process. If you're painting, there's it starts with a single spot on the canvas, and it's nothing, 
and then it develops into something. Mm-hmm. It, it all grows leads you in a direction, it, yeah. It lives a life on its own, which I'm sure that you all felt with through the writing and recording and the process like that. Totally. You got anything else? I mean, we can go through the whole the whole EP of, you know, <laughs> who's who's the stranger? Dude, that's just like a really cool. I'm telling you, man, we were like on some weird. Yeah. We were just like on the on the plane. Surely there was no name when you were just jamming out. Dude, I mean, basically, <laughs> like I walked into the room. He had put down like this. I mean, you hear it like there's this simple drum pattern, which yeah. is really cool, and then just that synth going bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And like he just showed it to me, and I sat there on the guitar for like forty minutes writing that kooky ass riff and he's just behind me on the ground like scribbling out this story and like it's insane like, like that's how oh this God. thing came to be and so i don't know like i guess it's talking about like the narrator that would you say aaron uh a lot of it that? i guess i like just kind of like strange? yeah i just kind of whipped it up uh, we're, we're we're both working in the restaurant industry so oftentimes a lot of strangers. A lot of strangers. Yeah, I'll see. I'll see people wearing all types of like hats and jackets and stuff. Um, so I kind of like, put, like, wanted to write a story coming from like one of these strangers and just kind of yeah. what the, what they would see and how they would feel. Um, and I, I guess I kind of went into the more uh, what's, the, what's the word like disassociated. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I can disassociate mm-hmm. in my own ways um, and kind of putting myself in that strangers point of view um cool which is kind of a way of like personifying that disassociation yeah um so when there's like the modern terminology of like people are out here just as npcs and it's yeah, right. like <laughs> what if i'm the npc in this situation <laughs> shit i'm just the guy walking up to the fucking bartender who's like the main character of his own little world yeah totally totally i'm a fucking stranger you know? <laughs> yeah yeah I think uh, what I gleaned from that song, and this is going to be completely different from what you all just said, which good. which I guess yeah, is kind of the art. point That's of good. different interpretations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but to me it was really about like the modern like way of life in like social interactions, because it sounds like the character meets a girl and doesn't really have any crazy interact with them it's very mundane and then they're just kind of questioning like is this anything is it something is it nothing should i be indifferent about this interaction and then the end of the song is talking about you know he's watching tv and then he kind of has a realization where he's like this is fucking nothing i'm getting nothing right now none of this matters yeah. yeah yeah so so that's kind of what I gleaned from that, that it was kind of like a modern sort of, not love story, but like a modern like story of existing in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially like modern day and times, it kind of seems like for your everyday middle class type of person, modern existence is just kind of like chasing like a loved one mm-hmm. and then kind of fading out to the TV. Yeah. And then work is in between. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, just kind of like, sure. it's very rehearsed. Uh, yeah, going through the motions. Yeah. So. Because, in a way, that's kind of taught to us by TV because that's the story that the TV shows tell us is like, okay, the purpose of this character's life is, you know, forging a relationship with 
so the, so, the yeah. main love interest. And yeah. There's drama work. and there's obstacles in between that, whether it be 100%. work, family obligations, all that. All of that is an obstacle to the main goal where in the season finale, in the series finale, they finally get the girl. After, <laughs> after much ado, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. we're finally where we thought we would be in the fucking pilot. Right. Uh, and then you're sitting there like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's, yeah, and that's it. Now that I finally got what I wanted, what is life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's funny to think about because, like, I feel like I modeled some of my, like, personality off of just watching TV shows because you, you, uh, at a certain age, you emulate traits of your parent, you emulate traits of, like, your friends and family outside of that, but there's that third factor now of, like, shit that you absorb on YouTube, shit that you absorb through TV shows, yeah. Netflix, whatever, so I was just thinking about that the other day, too, so... Yeah. It's crazy. Arguably more pervasive and uh, influential than the, the first two things you mentioned. Yeah, because those as, like, are just like friends. natural occurrences versus like what you consume. There's just mm-hmm. this innate idolization of, you know, somebody's a main character. It's yeah. who you're seeing the perspective yeah. of. This person's the next, badass you know, enough to have their own Half an hour show. or if yeah. you're binging it, the next couple hours mm-hmm. of, all right, it's about this person's life. And then you learn about them. And especially as a kid, it's like you're just picking up on shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And just the frequency, really, of, of like, that consumption, right? Because, yeah. like, not to, again, go down kind of a cliche rabbit hole, but the whole consumerist <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. A familiarity. Like, yeah, where we're just, like, constantly just consuming, consuming, consuming content, like media content, TV shows, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. it is. And, yeah, I mean, you spend you spend more time watching TV or YouTube than you do talking to your mother, right? Like, mm-hmm. almost everybody that exists, probably. I, I also think that... Just building off of what you said, like, with exhibiting, like, your parents' traits, like, if I start talking like my dad at a certain age, I'm like, I don't want to talk like my fucking dad. (laughs) You don't have that when you're watching this cool-ass protagonist, you know, who gets the girl and kicks ass and Mm, stuff. You don't have that same... Yeah, grain uh, of salt perspective on it. Yeah, Of, like, you know... Yeah. Or like when your mom tells your son and you're like, whatever, mom. Get out of here, mom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but when but when they say insightfully in a TV show, it's like, oh wow, my mind is blown. My life has changed. Yeah. You know. You don't get that from interactions with your parents. So Right. And then you're back next week and it all happens all over again. Yeah. And they unlearn the lessons that they learned in the last <laughs> Yeah, human human behavior is definitely like it's recycled. Yeah, kind of like you just behave as you've seen people behaved. Mm -hmm. So I'm about to have a kid, and I I got to be careful about the way how they view the world. You know, Mm -hmm. like do I just want to give them a TV to silence them, or do I actually (laughs) want to like interact with them? Congratulations, man! Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, that's something that you'd have to think about more than any of us. Of like, from the parents' perspective of like. How do I, you know, not feed into the same bullshit that I got fed through? Yeah. Just being sat in front of a screen, which yeah. that's how I grew up, was Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. I was just Cartoon Network. Back, back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
And then Whoever invented the previous button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Goaded. Fucking <laughs> not enough fucking was, respect. He, he didn't get paid enough money. Exactly. Sure. I was thinking about how much freaking like cartoons I watched as a kid. I Especially in like fifth grade. That was prime cartoon year. For oh, sure. Yeah, just nothing but it. So especially nowadays, like YouTube, handheld mm-hmm. devices. Mm-hmm. It's infinite content. It's crazy. Whatever you want, all the time. And it's quicker too. You can just change it on a whim. Uh, it has auto scroll. Your brother's not like fighting you for the remote to watch something else. <laughs> <laughs> Attention deficit disorder is getting more and more like diagnosed. Yeah. It's just like everyone has it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about that? ADD, ADHD. Just the. Uh, have we talked about that on the show? The mass diagnosis of it. I'm ADHD, so I mean, do we talk about it off the show? I don't remember, but surely. But we've had debates before, as far as like who actually, whether it's just was always there and is being diagnosed more, or if I think it's always been there. Conducive to this, you know, instant gratification. That's kind of my thing. One thing to the next mentality. Yeah, and I, I think it's both like. The culture is, uh, like, kind of curating it yeah. more and more, but it's always kind of been there in us, uh, and I, I don't know. Well, and our brains are all about, like, pattern recognition mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, satisfaction, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if media is short form and you're getting a dopamine hit for every fucking video that you watch, yeah. right. then the more quickly you consume content, the more your brain's like, that synapsis was fucking banger. I, I want more of whatever that, that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, we can go down this hole, but, you know, and I don't want to show my ass, you know. I, sometimes I get to talking about stuff where it's like, I am not studied in this field, right? But, That's what the show is Yeah, exactly. But, like, but like, the whole, like, what you guys were alluding to where it's like, you know, how much of it isn't actually, like, yeah. diagnosis that's for real. Yeah, like, there's something and how brain. much of it yeah. is, like, a product of the society. I think... As with most things, it's a gray area of a little bit of both. Um, but sure. I think for sure, especially when you consider the way our schools are set up mm-hmm. um, and that very like in- industrial, like oh, yeah. technical, no, the modern school system is. I want a good factory worker. Yeah, I yeah. want someone who will sit down and, down and, and there take for seven hours and do the exact <laughs> and same the thing every day for years. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, obviously you're going to have, when that's the standard set, obviously yeah. you're going to have gonna a society that's going to be like, Hey, this person doesn't have that ability. They must have some kind of disorder. Yeah. Let's give them a literal. Yeah. Let's now have a the for sure know, big pharma yeah. companies like let's let's sell as many of these pills as humanly possible because we're making money off of it anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And so are the other corporations that are getting these worker bee people. Yeah. And so we might as well get them, a, you know, as used to doing this thing as possible. So I, I think that's a good way to put it. That whatever doesn't fit the mold has to be labeled nowadays. But I just think that like. I've talked about with him, uh, like seasonal effectiveness disorder, which is basically just like, you know, people are sad in the wintertime because the sun goes away yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. cold. All the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, fucking everyone has that. No one's happy when there's no sun and you're stuck inside all the time. Everyone has that a little bit, right? Tom's going to sound pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to call you out or anything. Uh, I do, man. <laughs> no, honestly, I hate. I, I think it's awful, especially here. Honestly, like we're no. Little, it's just, it's not even like fun. There's no snow. There's it's just nothing. fucking gray. Like, it's just gray yeah. and 
wet, not even gross. gross. It's just, yeah, like wet. January, I was down bad in January because there was like for sure multiple week stretches where there was no sun. Yeah. And there were stretches, there was like a week where it was too fucking cold to go outside, so I was inside, on my phone, playing PlayStation, doing nothing productive, feeling fucking terrible about myself. Mm -hmm. And then there was a week where it was raining, it was a little bit warmer, but it was raining, so I still couldn't go outside. <laughs> so, so seasonal effectiveness yeah, two disorder. Fucking weeks okay, you're, yeah. people, it's literally like biology that with yeah. sunlight, you're happier. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it, that, that's a perfect example of what we're talking about, honestly, because it's it's just a, it's a factor of a society and a culture that bases, you know, positivity off of like productivity, right? Mm -hmm. It's like uh, things are only going well when people are really like effective and useful and productive and stuff. And mm -hmm. so like when people aren't, then it's like a problem, and we have to label yeah. it as like a psychological yeah. issue. It's like, dude, mm -hmm. that's just, like, it's literally that's just, just natural. Life. Yeah. Like, it's just natural for this occurrence. Another thing with, like, the ADD, ADHD, there are seven-year-old kids who act up in class and can't pay attention because they want to go play outside. Yeah. And the, the fucking doctors are saying that there's something wrong with their kids. Yeah. Guess what? They're fucking acting like seven-year-olds. They want to be outside yeah. hitting each other with sticks like fucking normal yeah. kids. Yeah, not to That's mention. That's normal. Yeah. It, is a, it is normal. Not to mention, like, again, if again, not an expert. Whatever. Yeah. Like, disclaimer. It, disclaimer. I, I am not a doctor in anything. <laughs> Instead of being an asshole, maybe. But, dude, like, yeah, you just, you do, like, a cursory look at, like, the sociological and psychological, like, literature. It's, like, obviously, especially when you're talking about kids, like, and, uh, I think boys in particular, if I'm not mistaken, dude, they, that's how they learn. It's mm -hmm. by playing and pushing the limits, it's like physic, physical play. And yeah, like, for yeah. all humans, yeah. there, there are studies to confirm that if you incorporate play into learning, people pick up on that shit faster. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not just it's about it being today, enjoyable. Today, that's how I learned. I, but I also, got Duolingo. I've been yeah, learning French yeah, because of the gamified experience. <laughs> I want to keep learning French, but I had six years of French at elementary school that I learned Didn't nothing learn in. Yep. Yeah. Because because yeah. it was just some dude talking French at us. It's like, well, I don't give a fuck about this. Yeah. You know. Apparently, the best way to learn a new language is through song and and dance. Mm -hmm. oh, really? uh, yeah. Culture. Yeah. Really. Uh, my girlfriend's a Spanish teacher right now. And, is she cool? Uh, she, she knows, like, different languages, and she's been exposed to, like, the song, like, time and time again, mm -hmm. and she does that with her students, uh, and it's just, it's just a real thing. You know, you want to incorporate play into the learning process, regardless of age. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I had two years of Spanish in high school. That's the stuff I learned, I remember the most, was when they would get on YouTube and play Spanish hits at the time. Some bangers. <laughs> it was stuff that I remembered. You know? Yeah. It was yeah. actually stuff that you learned from. Yeah. So. For sure. Well, we went off all the way over here. That, that, was, was, yeah, that was classic podcast, dude. <laughs> you know, bury the lead. Content. Tangent. <laughs> Structure, for sure. That's that's the format. Uh, <laughs> these guys probably need to get out of here, so yeah. we shouldn't Closing uh, remarks. hold them anymore. Uh, you all got anything, anything to else? Yeah, what's what's next for you guys? That's a question I should ask. Well, yeah. That there... is kind of like the looming question we both have. <laughs> yeah. Um, the elephant in the room. Anything that got cut from the EP that's worth revisiting? 
Maybe. We probably know, right? It's, yeah, I mean, the, the more I do this personally, the more I realize how not straightforward the path is. Yeah. As, like, an artist. Um, not leaning. We know for, sure. for certain we'll collaborate again yeah. and continue doing that, whatever it looks like. Right now, Aaron, it, uh, in fact, he just, so his, uh, his solo tag is Surprised Eyes. Surprised Eyes. On, yeah, he's on Spotify. He's had stuff published since, shit, what, 2016? You got yeah. stuff on there? Yeah. Um, and he's doing live performances solo right now with that. So that, so he's focusing on that. Yeah. I personally have my own project as well. It's called Natural Language. I haven't published anything yet, but we're working on that. That's kind of what my focus is right now. Slowly but surely, I have a pretty slow process. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so, like, we'll probably get that, that done. And, uh, yeah, eventually we'll get back in the studio and uh, we'll jam together and find out what the next thing looks like. I think the one thing we know for sure is that we're not going to sound probably much like this. Again. Awesome. No. Yeah. yeah, we definitely want to do, like, a 180. And yeah. I think we both want, like, more texture involved. Um uh, this kind of more drone as well, more space. Mm -hmm. uh, this was very, like, I guess, fast paced. Mm -hmm. very Pretty standard. The space yeah. is filled for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think we want to kind of slow it down uh, a little and just see what happens. I'm sure whatever we do next as a band will incorporate a lot of what we're doing from, like, our own stuff. Yeah, so stuff. Yeah. awesome. So we'll see. we'll see what happens with that. Awesome. It was great having y'all guys yeah, on the show. Yeah, it was really yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah it was a lot of fun. Appreciate yeah. it. Outro, we'll be back next Thursday. We're at Highly Suspicious Everywhere, and thanks for listening. And we're going to have the homies tagged in the description, too. Absolutely, sure. of course.